Welcome to this week 11 edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points. I'm Bruce Monin, your host, once again recording from the home studio in Minster, Ohio, home of those 9-2 and two and still alive in the playoffs, Minster Wildcats. Once again, checking in from the greater Cincinnati area, home of the ever-slumping 2-6 and six Cincinnati Bearcats, who were mm. big losers to Oklahoma State last weekend. We have our co-host, executive producer, and chief researcher, Rebecca Monin. What's it like to have a winning team, Dad? It feels pretty good on Friday nights, let me tell you. I think I've forgotten. Although I will say, the rest of Cincinnati sports is doing very well. Not UC. Not UC at the moment. The Bengals, the soccer team. No, the Reds are done, aren't they? They're probably done. Reds are done, yes. They did okay. Yeah, about 500. So much better than expected. Mm -hmm. It's all it takes to keep Reds fans happy. Maybe you can only have so much good performance in the city at once. Need a bad luck sink. I've anyway. often said that. I have I have three main football teams I root for, and if I can get two out of three in any given season, I'm running pretty good. And trust me, that's about the best I usually get. So. But to bring us back on topic here, we have a guest this week, Rebecca. Oh boy. Just like last week. Two for two, huh? I do like this guest during the playoff thing. It uh it makes it go faster or slower, but more entertaining. I would agree. Our guest this week is Minster Athletic Director Josh Clooney. Welcome, Josh. Well, thanks for having me, Bruce and Rebecca. I've uh, listened to your uh, podcast many times in the past, that's for sure. Wait. All right, so you're the one. Excellent. <laughs> I don't want to call myself your number one fan because I'm not necessarily consistent, but yes, I, I try to try to catch it at least once a week. Well, hey, that's, that's about better all than you I can do. do, right? <laughs> it's much better than Rebecca does. <laughs> You're here live. I guess you don't need to listen to it. <laughs> you don't edit out much, so it really would just be listening to it again. By the way, as uh, the other researcher for this podcast, I looked up, found that Josh here is still number 10 on the Minster Career Rushing Yards list with 2,055 rushes on 394 carries. A nice 5.2 average we calculated. I'm guessing that I probably fall off that list here probably pretty soon next couple of years, I'm guessing. <laughs> well, the list on the website is 50 long, so you have a long way to go before you fall off the list. Well, oh, fall we off go. the top 10, maybe. Now, of course, Josh, back in those days, you didn't have two, three playoff games every year. In fact, I don't. I think your only playoff game may have been your freshman year. Yeah, I think you're right if I remember correctly. Uh, my freshman year, we had a pretty nice team, 9-1. Uh, they got, we got beat by St. Henry in the playoffs first round. And uh, I was a freshman, had no chance to play that night. And I just remember going out for warm-ups and sitting in snow, wet snow, stretching. Again, with knowing the fact that I had no chance of playing that night. I think it was a close game. I think we lost 7-0, 7, nothing, seven six, something like that. It was a close game. Yes, it was. There you go. If I remember right, you guys lost by quite a bit more in the regular season. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think it was I think it was probably a three-score or maybe more in the, in the regular season. But yeah, they were playing them over in Salina in the, in the wet, cold snow. It was not fun for people who aren't going to play. <laughs> <laughs> That's hopefully not a omen for this week, as our own Minster Wildcats play a team they just beat two weeks ago. Hate to see the other team close the gap too much. We'll get to that game later in the podcast, but it does tend to happen come playoff time. So, oh yeah, the reason I asked Josh to be here, <laughs> I was wondering if you could give us a little insight on what all does an athletic director have to do during a typical week of football season, say the week of a home game. Sure. 
you know, I, I think being in education in general, but also being in a small school, you kind of wear a lot of different hats that maybe you wouldn't necessarily assume as part of the athletic director role. Some of those might be helping with discipline here at the school or driving a boss when needed. Those type of things kind of come up on a, on a daily basis. So I can, I can tell people when they ask me this quite same question, I kind of say, well, you know, I come in each day kind of with a game plan or a list of things that I want to get to. And I hope by noon that I get started on that list because usually, <laughs> usually things are pulling me one way or another. But, but that's just life. That's just, that's just education in general. I, I would also say that also an athletic director, at least during seasons, and let's say specifically during football season, you're kind of um, a manager of, of the current sport seasons. So during football, it's not just football, it's football, it's golf, it's cross country, and we have volleyball, you know, again, being small school. Uh, so you're kind of managing those day-to-day activities, whether it's writing checks for officials, whether it's fine officials when they uh, cancel, cancel out or something happens where they can't be there that day. And that's getting more and more difficult from year to year to find officials in the first place, but then find replacements when we need to find the replacements. And then it's, it's you know, set up of the event, whatever that event might be. It might be a junior high volleyball game, might be a varsity football game, but the setup itself takes time. So usually by late afternoon, I'm usually started doing those type things. And, and then obviously just the, the everyday communication with the officials, with the opposing team. I think that's one thing that makes the job as athletic director a little bit different than other jobs in education is. I would say definitely more than 50%, maybe 60% or more of my communication is people that don't work in our school system. I'm talking to people outside of the school district all the time, and that, that's just part of the job there. I would say kind of then the second second part of my job is you're always planning ahead, whether you're planning for next week or planning for next month or planning for next season um, or next school year. Uh, just kind of an example, I can tell you what I've worked on this last couple of weeks, trying to finalize our track schedule for the spring, finalizing officials for scrimmages and things like that in basketball, which we're actually, believe it or not, in basketball season already. Uh, girls basketball started practice on Friday, and boys basketball will start this week already. So we're, we're already at the end of that season. And then it's working on filling the schedule. I tr- you try to be really a year out, at least a year out in advance with your scheduling. Now, that's not 100%, but I would say if you get 90% of your scheduling done a year out in advance, then as you get closer to the seasons, uh, it makes it a little bit easier to, to kind of fill in the gaps where needed. But yeah, this week we, after the first, re- after, I'm sorry, after week 10 of the regular season, we then knew what our rotation was going to be for next year, uh, the next two years for football. The varsity schedule is one thing, but then you also, with that, with that same rotation is JV scheduling, junior high scheduling, freshman scheduling, things like that. So that's kind of an idea of what I've been working on from that standpoint. And there's always other, I would say, projects going on. Right now, we're, looking at replacing our home bleachers so that's been a lot of different home bleachers at memorial stadium so that's been a lot of different meetings here and there and trying to get exactly what we want moving forward that's kind of one thing i've been working on we uh another thing this week kind of been working on is contract for what our coaches use the huddle system which is a a, a filming system which most people know who, who know about high school sports and it's something about huddle. so we're working on that it just, you know, it changes daily, it changes weekly, but it's it's something that there's always something to do, that's for sure. There's always something to do. Reminds me, Rebecca, of that year I was president of the band boosters. I still have a spreadsheet that lists what I did every day of the year for the band boost. That was when I wake up in the morning, it's like, what do I have to do for the band boosters today? And then afterwards, I could get on with the rest of my day. 
And that, that sounds like, on a minor scale, something like what you go through there. Right. Yeah, you were doing a bunch. I don't know if it was full-time job-worthy, though. <laughs> that, 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 that's exactly right. And, you know, again, we're, as athletic director, not that I spend a lot of time with the band boosters, but that's part of our communication because they run our concessions. And, and those are people, I have to, they're, on my, they're on my checklist, too. So every time I need to contact everybody about a football game or something, they're on my checklist, that's for sure. It's funny you talk about, Bruce, talk about your, your uh, spreadsheet that you created. Last year, and I won't get into the numbers for sure, but last year is the first year in my, I guess this is year 19 total as athletic director, two different schools. It was the first year I actually kept track of my hours per, per week oh, and then okay. for the year. So I'm guessing it was a smidge over 40. <laughs> a little bit over 40 hours a week and um, <laughs> a little bit more than my 208 days contract, but that's all right. I mean, you know what it is going in and I enjoy doing it, so that's part of it, but. I'm gonna. I didn't. I didn't do it last, this year for my insanity. I thought, you know what, one good year is. <laughs> I also remember I went to a meeting once, and in theory, it was about football. The athletic directors were all together to talk about the football schedule, but they all had this really thick binder with, and they would move around to all the other athletic directors, and you'd be seeing them talking like, "Hey, we need an." softball game in late February. You got an opening in late February. Pretty soon they're scheduling a softball game. Pretty soon there's two in the other corner talking track, junior high track. And there's it was it was amazing how thick those binders were every athletic director I saw was carrying around trying to do the schedule for all their sports. Yeah, that's true. And and I think everybody does it I think everybody does a little bit definitely now with, with uh, um, technology being different. That being said, we still have that meeting a couple times a year and I think actually our scheduling meeting comes up in a couple of weeks here and it's it's just our athletic drivers getting the opportunity to sit down and you know, discuss different things in our league but also filling out our schedules hey does everybody have their freshman boys basketball schedule finished for the rest of this year are we okay with tracking things like that so i still have a big binder however i i have uh, spreadsheets that i use for my calendars if you will for here so but it's the same same premise just kind of a little bit different look to it as we are recording this. This will actually go out in the middle of the week here. So you yes. have a trip. You have to, I, I assume, do you make the trip to Columbus on Saturday for the cross-country teams? Yeah. Yep. I'll definitely be going to Columbus for uh, cross-country. Girls run at 10. The boys are at 10.45. Obviously, the last well, last lot of years, we've had the opportunity to uh, celebrate a lot of those Saturdays. So hopefully we're in the running again this year. And hopefully be another good year. But that's it's always a lot of fun. Um, I, I've always told people it don't matter what sport you enjoy or don't enjoy. By the time you get to the regional level in any sport, it's pretty fun to watch because you got some really really nice athletes in cross country, track, golf, football, basketball. You name the sport, you're going to be watching some pretty darn good athletes play and participate at that point. So, and, and even even on the bigger stage, the state's even that much more important, that much more fun to watch because of that. Uh, you, you know, everybody has their way of uh, watching the race, if you will. I know, Bruce, I don't know how much you still do with the tracking and all that. I don't know if you're still trying to figure out where people are playing from a play standpoint. The nice thing about it as athletic director, as much as I'm rooting for Minster, I'm rooting for Minster all the way, I can truly sit there and watch it as a fan, which is kind of nice. I don't have a, a, per, a child myself involved with it, so I can watch it as a fan, I can cheer as a fan, and when it's over, it's over. I think this year, Dad, you live-tweeted the the track state championships. Yes, I did. I did it from watching on the computer, watching the results come in, and I live tweeted event by event because I knew with who odds was on win who could there. get state overall, depending on where they finished. 
Yes, I it did. Very, it was pretty engaging. I'll tell you real quick. The nice thing about being the athletic director at Minster is I have Bruce Monin when it comes to any type of uh, numbers that I can just ask him. And he knows that I tell him uh, week 10 and let me know on Sunday morning if our computer numbers aren't right. I don't go in and check him at all. I just, I just ask <laughs> Bruce to do it, and that, that's what's taken care of. He's pretty handy to have around, that's for sure. Yeah. And they're never wrong anymore, so it's not like it's a big deal. <laughs> they're to check never them. wrong anymore. <laughs> well, they used claim. to be a, they used, the state computer points they would put out on Saturday night used to have 10 to 12 mistakes that we, that Joe Idle and I would work together and send an uh, email to the state and tell them what to fix. And then they would correct it by Sunday morning. There hasn't been a mistake in years, years now. So. Oh, I thought for a second you were saying yours were never wrong anymore, which I'm sure they're not, but it was a lot of confidence. No, that, that, that it would be untrue. <laughs> I make the typo here and there, trust me. Speaking of which, we have some bonus numbers this week. We have bonus numbers. Okay. Bonus numbers. As just sort of a side hobby, every year I track the regional cross-country meets, and then after the state meet, I check to see how everyone did versus their regional time, so I get a handicap on each of the four regional courses. For instance, <laughs> okay. one some, some are a little faster than others, some are slower, so if you try to predict sure. state just on the regional times, you do not get the right answer. If you predict state on the regional times with the course handicaps in, you get a lot closer. So I did not get the boys done yet, but my predictions for Division Three girls cross country are you have a drum number roll one. Fact. Here's where it goes. Number one, Minster with 83 points. Number two, Fort Laramie with 139. Number three, West Liberty Salem with 151. And also from our area, Patrick Henry looks to be about fifth at 197. Liberty Center about sixth at 199. And Fort Recovery 13th at 324 points. So if all goes according to plan, you should see something along those lines come Saturday at the State Cross Country. For a reminder for our fans, and definitely not just me, um, who don't follow cross country point tracking, you. You, lower is better, yes? Lower wins, just like golf. Is that just adding up the, the position that they come in? Like first That's, gives you one point, second gives you two? Correct. That is correct. Okay. Well, if those numbers, are, if those, if those numbers come out right, I'll be just happy with that. Yeah, we'll all be pretty happy yeah. in Minster. <laughs> yep, that would be, well, we would miss it, Rebecca, because it would be Saturday. But the fire trucks would be running through town if that happens, so that would be fun. Hate to miss it. I've only been to about what? What would you guesstimate, Rebecca? About twenty state cross country meets. Something and about like that. I've been to a good five or six myself. And I would agree with Josh. When it gets to that level, pretty much any sport's fun to watch. Especially if you get to hang out with some of the teams who are competing. The energy yes, is vivid. Having a press pass has its advantages. That's for sure. It does. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time we get to some football here. Let's do it. Last week we had week one of the playoffs. Just a couple of random stats here. There were two regions where all eight higher seeds won the, all the eight games. I found interesting, nine of the 28 regions, the top seven teams all won, but the nine seed upset the eight seed. It seems strange that that exact combination happened nine out of 28 times. And let's see, what else? No number 16 seeds upset a number one this year. That's too bad. But we did have three number twos that lost, three number threes lost. 
four number fours lost, six number fives, and five number sixes. And what else? Eight number sevens lost. So many upsets, some of which we will comment on as we go through here. So the other reason we have Josh here, by the time we get to the second round of the playoffs, it's time to do some predicting. And we'll see if we can outdo the computers. Rebecca, have we ever outpredicted the computers? Um, I'm going to go with no. Well, on a large scale, no. On small scales, sure. Yeah, we've done it once or twice. I think, I think maybe one week or something we did. It's, it's not often, though. Our percentages are we tend, similar. We tend to pick a few too many upsets, probably. Yeah, but upsets are exciting. And usually yeah, we don't pick the right upsets. It's what kills me in every NCAA basketball pool I ever fill out. So that's what Las Vegas wants you to do, too. They want you to pick the upsets. There's a reason I never put any cash on any sports. All those nice sports betting apps, I have none of them. You can't beat Vegas, baby. Yep. All right, we're going to start with Division Two this week. Our Finley team lost in Division One, so long we go to Division Two. We only have 25 games this week, Rebecca. Right. Should be quick compared to last week. We'll start in Region 8. We have Troy, the number two seed. Currently ten and one, playing against Lima Senior, the seven seed, who's nine and two. So we're gonna say here, Troy has forty-seven percent more computer points. Advantage Troy. They both played Piqua. Troy beat Piqua fourteen to nothing in week six. Lima Senior beat the Indians thirty-six to thirty-one in week one. Slight advantage to Troy. Uh, they both played Xenia. Troy beat Xenia forty-three to six back in week seven. Lima beat them. 42 to 32 last week. So another slight advantage to Troy. So of course the computers love Troy. Fantastic 50 says Troy by 25 points. Tal Prep says Troy by 23 points. Oh, by the way, highly disappointing. Fantastic 50 and Cal Prep's computers agree on every game this week. That's no fun. <laughs> How are we supposed to find the upsets? The computers don't tell us. Time for our picks. I actually did mine ahead of time for once, Rebecca. Oh, okay. I've got Troy. Yeah. Considering everything else says Troy, I agree. I like Troy in this game. I don't think all those games against the Toledo City League are going to have Lima Senior as ready as Troy is going to be for this game. I'm leaning Troy also. It seems like they've got a better defense than Lima does. The offenses look comparable just by those four games we're looking at. So I'll go with the computers. I'll go with the two of you, too. I'll go with Troy. Lima Senior had a really great year. I think, I think this is the first year they're in the Toledo City League, but uh, I think it's Troy's, Troy's game this week. Well, that was two teams we follow playing each other, so we'll have at least one game next week yet in Division 2. All right. Looking forward to it. In Division 3, Region 10, the probable state championship favorites, Toledo Central Catholic, undefeated, up against those scrappy Defiance Bulldogs. They played I don't know how many games that came down to one point this year, Rebecca. Would have been at least three or four. <laughs> Nail biters. Uh, the Toledo Central Catholic, 67% more computer points. No common opponents for these teams. The computers like Toledo Central Catholic by 37 and 29 points. Yikes. I have them as my favorite to win state, so I'm with Toledo Central Catholic all the way. You know, it'd be no fun if we agreed with everything that everyone tells us, but this one is hard to fight against. <laughs> yeah, I I'm may... gonna, probably going to stick with Toledo there. I may have an upset or two pick later on in the podcast. Really. Oh, a teaser. I agree with the same thing. I think Toledo Central Catholic probably rolls to at least the state finals. And uh, so I'll pick them this week. Yep, they just look like an awful pretty good team. That's for sure. All right, scooting over to Region 11. We have 
that Bell Fountain team with the seven seed, who's, if I remember right, has that Ohio State-bound quarterback there. Gave Coldwater quite a game early in the year. This week, they are up against the second seed, undefeated London. London has 25% more computer points. Maybe more importantly, London won at Bell Fountain 36-6 in Week 6. The computers like London by 14 and 16 points. Let's see what I picked. I look at all that and I say, I don't care. I see they beat Bell Fountain by 30 points back then. That's good enough for me. I've got London in this game. Um, I got distracted Googling London, but I will jump back over. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll pick Bell Fountain. Pack it. Upset. Let's go our teams. But also, <laughs> London is the Red Raiders, which I think could possibly be tied to the Redcoats, but I really don't think it is. I think that's more of a, a Native American link there. It's a missed opportunity. <laughs> Any more themed mascots tied to their yeah, town history? We've almost given up on that one, haven't we? Yeah, but I figure if I keep talking about it, maybe someone will change their mind. And I'll, and I'll, I'll go with London as well, with Bruce. You said they played week six. Is London in the same, they in the same conference? They must be. They must be, yeah. So. They're not that far away. No. Kind of southeast of Minster by a bit, but not too far. Yeah, we make that drive over for a, uh, I don't know if they still do. We used to make that drive over for a scrimmage at Bell Fountain years ago. I don't think the football team scrimmages there anymore, but I've made that drive more than a few times. Yeah, we don't, we have a scrimmage at Bell Fountain in several years. Yeah, we go, what, Springfield instead now? Yeah. Yeah, Bell Fountain wasn't far enough. We had to go a little farther instead, so. <laughs> All right, that leads us to Region 12. We have three games in Region 12. Boy. We're going to start with Tip City, Tippecanoe, our two seed. They face the 10 seed, Chaminade Julien. Tippecanoe has 33% more computer points. They have no common opponents, although I did find a uh, a stat that may or may not be of any value, and that is that Chaminade is 5-0 and when playing against public schools. And two and four when playing against private schools this year. They get a public school this week. The two computers say Tippecanoe by five points and four points. Personally, this is my first upset. I've got Chaminade. I've just got a feeling about these guys. I mean, I'm leaning Chaminade too, just because they're really fun to say the name. Well, I I was going to go Chaminade, but since the both of you picked them, I'll go <laughs> Tippecanoe for me. There we go. <laughs> We're covered. This feels like college game day when everyone picks the same team and the last guy all of a sudden says, oh, wait, we can't all pick the same team. <laughs> Our second game, Vandalia Butler facing Wapakoneta. Vandalia Butler's the four seed, so they'll be hosting this game. As I made out of mention, I keep tracking the carbon computer points throughout the postseason. So at this point, Wapakoneta actually has passed Vandalia Butler and has 1% more computer points right now. Oh, boy. These two teams both played Elida. Walpock beat Elida 38 to nothing in week nine. And Delia Butler beat the Bulldogs 17 to nothing last week. The computers say they don't care if the game's at Vandalia. They have Walpock by 26 points and by 19 points. And I am firmly on board the Wapakoneta bandwagon, by the way. I like them yeah. big in this game. Yeah, put me down for that also. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Walpock's been playing really well the last half of the year. I think they win this one handily. Now, the problem with that is next week, um, neutral field playoff games begin. And if Walpock's still playing, I would think they might not want to host a game because they might all want to go watch their team play. 
And that is a really nice place for hosting playoff games. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> is. I'm rooting for them anyway. <laughs> yeah, and they do a great job hosting, too. Although I heard a one WOSN announcer last week complaining about all the steps he had to climb to get up to the press box because <laughs> it was so high up there. He oh, wants no. an elevator. <laughs> Bruce, I always tell you, too, we'll put one in for the right amount of money. We'll even name it the Bruce Modern Elevator. <laughs> yeah, I go back and forth whether my highest priority would be an elevator or a restroom. Well, the elevator would make trips to the actual restroom easier. Yeah, that's why I lean elevator, that's for sure. <laughs> also, your oh, ideas you. for a restroom up there are abysmal. They're not good. <laughs> well, I, I, am, I am somewhat cheap. <laughs> we're going to leave that there. Yeah, we're going to leave that there. We're not going to go into, into restroom details at this point of the podcast. <laughs> All right. We have one more game in this region, and it involves another WBL team. We have... Nine and two, Salina is the six seed. They travel south to face the three seed, Trotwood Madison, who are nine and two. Had a couple of down years after their coach moved to Springfield, but they seem to be back this year. Trotwood has one percent more computer points. They have no common opponents. I just took a look to see how well both teams do when they play a team with a winning record, and both teams are three and two when playing against teams with a winning record. So that tells me very little. Could be a good game. The computers like Trotwood by nine points and by five points, so they favor Trotwood, but not by that much. Ooh, let's see who I picked. Who did you pick? I have down Trotwood. By the way, people, I was just in Salina Sunday, talked to some fans there. I'm rooting for Salina. <laughs> I did pick Trotwood, though. <laughs> don't want to isolate the fan base, huh? Yeah, I don't want to get all the people there at the Purple Door Church upset at me. I'll take the the role as the people's champion, then, and I'll pick Salina. I think they've got it in them. I'll go with Rebecca on this one. <laughs> rooting for it and hoping for a win for Salina. Well, they have had a very, very good year. Just a little worry when I saw how, how hard Walpock beat them. Yeah, but Trotwood is Walpock. Right? So. Trotwood is not Walpock. I would agree. If those two play, I've got Walpock all day in that game, too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're into Division Four already. And we start out with two more WBL teams. How about that? How about it? We have number six, Van Wert, traveling to play number three, Shelby. Shelby's not a team we've talked about before, Rebecca. We have not. You might have to look them up. I think their mascot think is after like the Shelby Whippets. County? No, I think they're like the Whippets or something like that. Shelby, yeah, Ohio. They, they're Shelby Whippets. They are the of Whippets. Richmond County. Richmond. I, I'm sure they are named after... I remember right, the guy's name was Isaac Shelby. I may have been a governor of Kentucky, early frontiersman type guy. They are the Whippets. Their rival is Willard High School, the Crimson Flashes, which is also a very good name. I believe Whippet is a type of dog. I believe you're right. So back to the stats here. Shelby has 44% more computer points. They both played uh, Caledonia River Valley. Van Wert beat them 48-30 to last week. Shelby lost to the Vikings 28-24 in Week 7, so that kind of leaned Van Wert. The computers like Shelby by 3 points and by 6 points. I like that common opponent thing. I like Van Wert myself. Rebecca's still lost in the research. I am. I got looking. It's a, it's a, in the same family as uh, Greyhounds, but they're called Sighthounds because they're smaller. Often called a poor man's Greyhound because they're smaller. Probably less fast on the race courses. I feel like all of that research means I have to pick Shelby just 
credit to the the effort that uh, Wikipedia has made me put in. <laughs> and there's another reason we don't get on the betting apps and pick games. <laughs> I often pick based off of color combinations and mascots. That's not, that's not a bad, bad strategy. <laughs> but I'm going to go with Bruce on this one. I'm going to say Van Wert, keep it local, and hopefully Van Wert keeps moving on. All righty. And finally, we get to that next WBL game, the fourth in a row. Number eight, St. Mary's, is playing the one-seeded, undefeated Sandusky Perkins. Uh, many people's favorite as a possible state champion in Division Four. Sandusky Perkins has 117% more computer points, so over double. No common opponents for these two. The computers like Perkins by 25 and 21 points. I will remind you all, that is a nice seven-game winning streak St. Mary's are on, so if you just count the last seven weeks, both teams are 7-0. and That said, I'm still picking Perkins. I, I'm one of them that thinks they have a shot to win the whole thing. I think that'd be exciting to see. I'll go Perkins, too. And I will also go with Perkins. However, I do believe it'll be much closer than what expected. So I'm going to take the under. I'm sorry, I'll take St. Mary's with a point, but I'm actually taking Perkins to win the game. <laughs> All right, we got going some complicated the... betting. <laughs> yeah, he's going for the super dog here. <laughs> and finally, we have one last game here in this region. This is the team that most people think is going to win the stamp championship in Division Four. Actually, Perkins is kind of the number two pick of a lot of people. This would be the defending state champions from Cleveland-Glenville. They are 8-2, and two, but they've played a lot of out-of-state and large division opponents. And then they played a lot of games in the Cleveland Senate League, which I think Minster would destroy the entire league other than Glenville. Oh. It's, so Glenville's had some very tough games and others that weren't, to say. They are hosting Napoleon. We'll be up in Napoleon this week, but not till after the game, Rebecca, so we won't be able to get a scouting report from anyone. Cleveland Glenville has 82% more computer points. <laughs> yeah, not quite uh, Bellevue. <laughs> no common opponents for these two teams, not surprising. The computers like Glenville by 30 points and 29 points. Computers say four touchdown favorite for Glenville. I'm not arguing. I've got Glenville myself. I just don't think the blue and white Wildcats are quite at that level. Yeah, I'm not going to argue against the reigning champs. So I go Glenville as well. Yeah, I think that's a safe bet. You have Division One talent playing in Division Four. I would go with Glenville as well. Okay, switching over to Region 16. We have Springfield Shawnee as the seven seed, hosting number 15 Urbana. One of those major upsets last week. Springfield Shawnee. Has 49% more computer points. They have five common opponents. I'm not going to go through them all. They both went 4-1 against these five common opponents. Three of them were fairly similar. Urbana beat Tecumseh by 62 points, while Shawnee only beat Tecumseh by 28. That sounds good for Urbana. Yeah. However, Urbana lost to London by 42 points, while Shawnee only lost to London by 12. So... Yeah, who knows? Some things say Shawnee, some says Urbana. The computers say they both agree, Shawnee by 12 points. And I'm leaning that way myself. Shawnee did better against the better team, London. That's what swayed my thinking. I've got Shawnee beating Urbana. I'm going to pick Urbana to uh, support and utilize the advice from our guest host of last week. He was all over yeah. that Urbana pick, wasn't he? Tyler is a big fan of Urbana, yeah. And I will go with Shawnee as well. 
for no reason the fact that we scrimmage them usually there you go yeah and that game brings us to our team of the week this week which indeed is urbana nice as we mentioned they were one of the three 15 seeds to win last week they won 56 to 21 over second seeded chillicothe unioto so not just a win it was a domination that's a running clock Unioto. Also, as Rebecca mentioned before, the Hill Climbers were the underdog team to watch. According to our guest, Tyler Stevie, last week, we told him if Urbana pulls that off, we're making them the team of the week. So <laughs> I didn't have to give this one a lot of thought. I'd already promised it. So. <laughs> Congratulations, Urbana. <laughs> that gets us to Division 5. We have two games in Division 5, both in Region 18. We're going to start with Liberty Center, number one seeded undefeated, been crushing everyone all year, facing the 8-seeded 8-3 Huron. Liberty Center has 46% more computer points. There are no common opponents. The computers like Liberty Center by 27 and 28 points, so they're about a four-touchdown favorite. I don't even have to give this thought. I've been on the Liberty Center bandwagon all year, and I'm not jumping off anytime soon. So Yeah, I'm not arguing against it either. I'll make it easy to go with Duke as well, Liberty Center. <laughs> And that's about as much talk as we've given Liberty Center all year. Because we just say, they won big, they're going to win big again. On to the next. They're pretty reliable. (laughs) That could change as the playoffs gets a little deeper here. Speaking of which, we have two teams who could challenge Liberty Center later on in our next game. We have the third-seeded team, Archbold, who's 10-1. and Of course, that one was the Liberty Center, if I recall correctly. And they are hosting the sixth-seed, Coldwater, also 10-1. and Now, despite being three seats apart, they have almost the same computer points. Archibald has 3% more. One common opponent, Archibald beats St. Henry 29 to nothing in week two. Coldwater beat the Redskins 33 to seven in week five. Fairly similar results, also a fairly long time ago for both of them. The computers like the Cavaliers. Fantastic 50 says Coldwater by eight. Cal Prep says Coldwater by five. And I look over my voluminous and copious notes here, and I see that I picked. <laughs> I thought so. I have cold water in this game. Gotta stay mostly because I still, mostly because I still hold a grudge against Archibald for those playoff losses for Minster in 1988 and 90, <laughs> 1990. If I remember right. <laughs> <laughs> Your memory for these is remarkable. <laughs> I don't remember the years, but I remember being at both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you picking, Rebecca? <laughs> I'm staying cold water. Stay locals with the team we got. And, uh, I don't know. I like them, so I'm going to stick with them. Yeah, I'm going to go cold water as well. Um, I think it'll be a really good game. It'll really seem good either way, but I'm going to go cold water for the, for the pick. Although it would be entertaining to see Archbold win just to rile up this grudge you seem to have. <laughs> I have Dan Holland floating around just one town over to, if he wants to get that grudge going at any time as he was quarterback for one of those teams, and still has his Archbold flag hanging in his garage in Fort Laramie, if you ever go by his house. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will admit, Coldwater, because of the way the MAC does their scheduling, is the one MAC team I have not seen in person. But we have that WOSN, so I have seen them on television a few times. I've seen enough to know I like them. Okay, that brings up Division 6. In Region 22, we have two Northwest Conference teams here who are probably destined to play for the regional championship. 
But the first game, we have the top seed Columbus Grove hosting the ninth-seeded Black River from Sullivan, Ohio. They're the Pirates, which is an oh, excellent really? mascot. A Black River ought to have Pirates as a mascot. It's not just a regular river, it's a Black River, you know? That mascot is Rebecca Approved. Could get a <laughs> sticker for that. Yeah, I was thinking we need a stamp or something. But yeah. <laughs> okay. These teams had no common opponents. The computers like Columbus Grove by 30 and 29 points. Oh. Guess which one I like, Rebecca. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going to go Columbus Grove there. Yes. How about you? Same thing? Same thing. Yep. I don't think you can pick against Columbus Grove this week. I think you're right. I think we'll have a rematch here in Bluffton here. Well, let's see who's going to try to knock off Bluffton this week. It is the 10th-seeded Winford High School from Bucyrus. No common opponents again. Bluffton has 62% more computer points. The computers do not like Bluffton by as much. They only like Bluffton by 28 and 26 points. So they're about, it, it likes Bluffton by about two less points than it likes Columbus Grove. But that is yeah. good enough for me. I'm, I'm, I'm probably picking both until the big rematch occurs. I am too, but it seems like one of those, well, maybe not one of these specifically, but one of these games where it's like a 25-plus point favorite. Seems like one of those is ripe for an unexpected upset. But not just, this one, huh? I just don't know when to pick it. <laughs> yeah, I, I will go with Bluffton as well. They have, they've had a great year. I think they're only lost well. I think it'll be 10 to Columbus Grove. I think it was, yeah, I, I, I say believe, Bluffton. Yep, I think that'll be a heck of a rematch when the time comes. Moving to the Southwest Quadrant, Region 24. Here's your chance, Rebecca. We have Versailles as the two seed hosting. Wind Valley South, the seventh seed. You want Versailles me to pick has, an upset with the Versailles team? Well, they're only favored by 42 and 44 points by the computer. Event. Yeah, I'm going to stick in the 20-point range, I think, there. <laughs> okay, so I've got Versailles. Rebecca's got Versailles. Rebecca's got Versailles. <laughs> Josh has Versailles, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> Versailles for sure. On to the more interesting games in this region. We'll start with number four seed, West Liberty Salem, facing the five seed, Tri-Village. Two teams we follow, both teams 10 and 1. Another one where Tri-Village now has more computer points than West Liberty Salem. Ask them this week, but it's within 4%. It's practically tied. These teams have no common opponents. Fantastic 50 likes West Liberty Salem by 15 points. Cal Preps only likes them by 5. That might be about the biggest discrepancy between the two computers this week. But they both agree on the winner. And I agree with them. I have West Liberty Salem myself. I think they play a little tougher schedule, actually. They don't have enough information. <laughs> West okay, Liberty well. Salem. <laughs> the Tigers versus the High Village. Patriots, I believe. Mm, Patriots. Yeah. Now, West Liberty Salem is one of the main contenders to challenge the Minster Girls at the cross-country meet, so... I'm rooting for them to have better luck on Friday than on Saturday. I am going with the Tigers. All righty. Well, then I'm, I'm going to go with Tri-Village. Uh, Tri-Village has a, I don't know about their depth, but they've had some, a run of some pretty good athletes in the past few years. So why not? Let's just go Tri-Village. Nice. They have had that, that's for sure. If I remember right, running backs that were really talented. And our last game in Division Six. Well, interesting game here. We have the top seed, 10 and 1 Williamsburg, hosting the eighth seed, 6 and 5 Anna. Williamsburg okay. has over double the computer points. 
There's no common opponents. Both computers like Anna, one by 21 points and the other one by 17. The computers don't care what the seeds are. They think Anna by a bunch. And you know what? I do, too. I've got the Rockets in this one. I don't know at this point if it's more of an... Is it more of an upset to pick the number one seed? It, it depends on how you look at it. It's very, it depends on how you look at it. That's for sure. I'm going to go with Anna, Williamsburg. Just because Anna I'm does have quite a bus ride. Yes. Anna has a long bus ride here, huh? <laughs> that bus ride can be worth multiple points. I'm going to say... Because of strength and schedule, I'm going to go with Anna as well. If Peters are saying Anna, I'll go with Anna as well. All righty. And as we wrapped up Division 6, you'll be happy to know, or maybe not, I don't know, Rebecca, <laughs> I put a little effort into this week's... I have three this week instead of just, I think I had one last week. So, so we're going to get to a look at some uh, playoff games here you may not have heard about. Sure. Okay. I'm going to start with the 14th seed Powell Olentangy Liberty beat the third seed Finley 36 to 35. Liberty scored with no time left in regulation to get within one point. They decided to go for the two point conversion. They made it easily and it was Made a lot of uh, internet clips because the running back decided to do a front flip over the goal line into the end zone for the winning wow. score. Is that legal in high school football, Josh? I don't know. I think they can take that away in the pros if you do that before you cross the goal line. Yeah, I think you're right. Didn't one of the Bengals do a backflip into the end zone this week? I think that was after uh, high school. So got a race uh, all right. Our second game had that uh, 10 seed. Winford High School from Bucyrus. They beat Defiance Tenora 31-28 to in overtime. And this, a tough game for Tenora. Of course, the video highlights I've seen were all put together by a Tenora fan, so they may be biased in one direction. But first, there's a play where Tenora intercepts a pass in the end zone. The receiver had one hand on the ball for like a half a second before the defender yanked it away. <laughs> for the interception, and I'm watching the broadcast on TV. The announcers can't figure out why all these referees are talking in the middle of the field, and they talk, and they talk, and they talk, and they come back out, and suddenly they say, it's a touchdown. The guy had it long enough to be a touchdown. It's like, the guy never had it. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I heard the story, but I never saw the. I never saw it. I heard the story. It, it wasn't even close, I tell you. <laughs> you wouldn't even think about that being a touchdown. Anyway, then in overtime, Tenora was going in for the winning touchdown and got inside the five-yard line and fumbled the ball away. Lost the chance to win it in overtime. Tough game for Tenora fans, that's for sure. And finally, our third game, we have a 14 seed from Eden, way up in the corner of the state, beat Waynesfield-Goshen 34-27. to Gave Waynesfield wow. their first loss of the season. The Bombers, which I kind of like that as a mascot too, so the Eden Bombers scored with four seconds remaining for the win, and it's only the only one of three games in the state where a team that was favored by two or more touchdowns by the computers lost the game, or where a two or more touchdown underdog won the game. To speak. So, congratulations so to the Eden Bombers. 
Well, there's your odds, Rebecca. There were three of them last week. It can happen. It can happen. Okay, moving on to Division 7. We'll start with our big Region 26. And, of course, we have teams in, is it all four games? Yes, it is. All four games in Region 26. We'll start with Patrick Henry, the five seed, hosting the 13 seed Arlington. 47% more computer points for Patrick Henry. The computers like Patrick Henry by 19 and 14 points. I was almost kind of surprised. No common opponents. Patrick Henry plays mostly teams in higher divisions in their conference. Arlington plays all mostly Division 7 teams, so probably why there's no common opponents. And I am all on board the Patrick Henry bandwagon for this one. Me too. Mainly because I mentioned them at the start of the season. It was one of those teams that will be better than their record. And their record's 9-2 and two now, so that's pretty good if you're better than that record. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go with both of you there too, Patrick Henry. Our second game features Macomb, also 9-2. and two. They are the sixth seed. And they face those Eden Bombers, the 14th seed with a 7-4 and four mark. Macomb at home, 50% more computer points. Here's the ultimate, the ultimate common opponent. Macomb beat Bloomdale Elmwood 61-6 to six during the Boy. season. Eden lost to the Royals 52-8. to eight. So if yes. you use the transitive property of high school football, Macomb should win this game about 100-and-something to 7. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, the computers agree. They both think Macomb is going to win by 38 points. I won't go with the margin. I have no idea, but I like Macomb, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Macomb as well. Give um, give Waynesfield Goshen a little bit of the retribution. No, what's the word? Payback. Payback, Payback to Eden yeah. for Waynesfield Goshen. I'm sure that'll be on the Macomb player's mind. They'll come out of the tunnel screaming, For Waynesfield Goshen! <laughs> right? You never know. <laughs> High school boys think... get fixated on weird things. For me yeah, in my I... grade, it was the Wheel of Fire. I agree with both of you. I think the the fact that there's a running clock in the second half will, will save the 100-point victory. But definitely <laughs> yeah, you're probably right on that one. We shall see. <laughs> Our third game in this region, Lima Central Catholic, the seventh seed, is hosting the 15th seed, Convoy Crestview, another 15th seed that won their game last week. LCC has 72% more computer points. They have no common opponents. The computers like LCC by 18 and 10 points, so they're favored, but not by an overly great margin. But I also favor LCC and have them in this game. By the way, that's two teams that'll be in the same conference next year, if I remember right. Oh, that's exciting. I I kind of like a 15 seed going further up the board, so I'm going to pick Convoy Crestview. I will break the tie with LCC winning, but I think it's going to be a close game. All right. And our last game in this region features the number one seed, Hopewell Loudon, undefeated, facing the eighth seed from Pandora Gilboa. We'll say Hopewell Loudon has 28% more computer points. <laughs> that might be worth a, a little looky-loo. That might be but I think you're right. But we, but we know Hopewell Loudon has more computer points. There may be we do. a slight error in my script, folks. Boy. <laughs> no common opponents for these two teams. Both computers like Pandora and Gilboa. They like the eight seed. One by eight points, the other by ten. I've got Pandora and Gilboa in this one. I've actually I'm... been to a game in their stadium. I haven't been to one at Hope at uh, Bascom. So and and that gives them extra points. Yes, extra <laughs> points because I was there once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna st- I'm gonna take Pandora Gilboa as well. I'm feeling like the end of my contrarianness against Fantastic Fifty is coming up. 
quite agree with him all the way down. <laughs> I'll also go with Pandora Gilboa, making sure that Coach Mike Lee in basketball gets a later start than he is used to. <laughs> and that moves us on to Region 28, where we also have four games that involve our local teams. We'll start with the big one, Marion Local, top-seeded, hosting the eighth-seed Cedarville. Marion Local has over double the computer points. The computers like Marion Local by 46 and 54 points. So I thought the they maxed out say at 49. The Fantastic 50 maxes at 49, so it has Marion Local as a 46-point favorite. Tau Preps does not max out, so it says 54 points. It feels like a good time to pick an upset from the flyer, don't you think? No. I agree, no. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't. Yeah, flyer for sure. All right. The, num- the next game, the number two seed, Ansonia, also undefeated, also been looking very good all season. They face the 10 seed from Mechanicsburg. Uh, Ansonia has 74% more computer points. No common opponents again. The computers favor Ansonia by 15 and 9 points. Most years, this is a game where I would say I like Mechanicsburg from playoff time. Just things I've heard out of there and seen don't give me as much confidence this year as other years. And I, boy, those Ansonia fans have a lot of confidence, I tell you. (laughs) I'm sticking with Ansonia for at least another week. I am as well. Already said I was going to argue with Fantastic 50. Yes, I'm going to go with Ansonia as well. I think they got uh, have a, has had a, had a nice team the last couple of years, and um, maybe Mechanicsburg, as from their standpoint, maybe down just a little bit. But um, again, I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, Ansonia had a had some nice playoff games last year. If I remember, I had a real close game against state champion New Bremen. Maybe New Bremen's toughest game of the run. That experience should come to help them this year. Now to the marquee game of the week, of course. <laughs> the- the fifth seed Minster hosting the thirteen seed New Bremen. Oh, long bus ride for that too, huh? Oh yeah, oh, two miles. Might be faster to walk. Anyway. <laughs> Minster has fifty eight percent more computer points. Uh, maybe more importantly, Minster beat New Bremen forty to fourteen in week nine. Fairly recent. And I liked uh, Minster coach Whiting's comment after last week. He mentioned that this time it might be a war. <laughs> and I think he's probably right. Fantastic 50 likes Minster by 14 points. Cal Preps likes Minster by 16. I just like Minster because I like Minster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't by the way, you have the, the hometown. Josh, you have the Herb Street option here, if you wish, to not pick a game involving a team for, that you work for. So, so that, 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 I, don't like, I, don't, I like that, so I don't like picking for my team. But I'm going to tell you, I think, I'll just tell you about the game itself. I think it's going to be a close game. It's rivalry week. Like you said, this, these schools are so close together. And uh, that 40-14 to 14 week nine, I think it's going to be closer than that. You know, that being, all being said, I know Minster's probably the favorite, but we bring this to the defending champs. And uh, from this point, they know, they know how to get things done. So I think it's going to be a really good game from Friday. Yep, I think it's going to be a tight one myself. One of them gets the old heart beating, which maybe isn't a good thing for someone that's had open heart surgery. Right? <laughs> I mean, if I remember right, your problem is that your heart doesn't beat enough. So that's might true. Help. So this should be good for me. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. And our last game in Division 7, we have the one game on the list with two teams who pulled off upsets last week. Ooh. We have number 11, Fort Laramie, 
hosting number 14, St. Henry. Fort Laramie has 9% more computer points. Uh, both teams played Minster and Versailles. Fort Laramie lost to Minster by 13 points in Week 1. St. Henry lost by 5 points in Week 6. Fort Laramie lost to Versailles by 35 points in Week 2, while St. Henry lost to Versailles by just 22 points in Week 8. Both computers like St. Henry. One by seven points, one by nine. So everything leans St. Henry. So of course I have Fort Laramie in this game. Okay. <laughs> I just, I, I just, I just feel, I just feel it in my bones. I think Fort Laramie's ready to go. Played that nice, tough independent schedule. They've been traveling all over the place. They get to stay home this time. Get to play one of those MAC teams. I think they're ready to go. I think they take St. Henry. I say on with the upsets. St. Henry for the win. St. Henry says Rebecca. All right. I'm gonna cut, yeah, this, yeah. I think this is a pick. I'm telling you, this is going to be a really good game. But I am going to go with Sam. Ooh, I feel left out here. Uh-oh. <laughs> We're ganging up on you. Yep. And finally, we have the eight-man football state championship game this week. Every other playoff game's on Friday. This game will be on Saturday. It's being played at Liberty Center. If you want to see some eight-man football, I don't know when Ohio State plays this week because I don't care, but most people do. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, we have Toledo Christian, the one seed, facing the two seed Holgate. Both teams, big winners last week. It's a noon game, Dad. It's a noon game, so you can get out to that eight-man game easy afterwards. By the way, last year, Holgate was the two seed and Toledo Christian was the one, and Holgate took the championship game. So we have a rematch. Yes. Toledo Christian was our champion the year before that, though. They Toledo Christian has the last Bruce Monin's Computer Points eight-man football state championship trophy that we gave out. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they still have it. I hope it's not in the trash somewhere. <laughs> I've got the Etsy link ready to go for the next one. By the way, one more. In our, in our Computer Points system, the two-seed Holgate actually has 12% more Computer Points. These two teams played in Week 8. Toledo Christian won that game at Holgate by a score of 20-14. to 14. So it was a good game then. I expect another good game Saturday. Let's see. My pick, though, huh? I say Toledo Christian gets their revenge for that upset last year in the championship game. Then this year they take the trophy home. I've got Toledo Christian. You said Holgate won last year? Holgate won last year. I'm also going to pick Toledo Christian, if only so we have a chance to spread that trophy around. <laughs> so, I don't know enough about 8-man football, but this 20-14, to that seems like a low score for 8-man football, is it? I believe not? we commented that, I believe we actually commented that week that that was a highly unexpected low score for what we usually see in 8-man football games. Yes. There's not a lot of people you can put on defense. I think if you well, break one tackle, there's not often someone behind it to make up yeah. for it. I think you get a lot of game plays like that. So. Well, I just to be different, then I'm going to go with Holgate. Nice. That'd be nice. Hope, well, I guess Holgate won last year. So. I have no idea. Since now it's sponsored by the High School Football Coaches Association, they probably have lots of money, so they probably made a nice big trophy, right? They think. might have more than a $30 budget, yeah. <laughs> I still think our trophy was cool. Though. It's fun. <laughs> it's good. But I don't think any of them won it this year after they get the real one. They, they... It might not go in the big trophy cases, but it might sit in the place of honor on the coach's desk <laughs> or cabinet. All right. Well, that wraps up week two of the playoffs, at least our preview thereof. We'll be back next week to preview round, round three. 
We still haven't decided on a guest yet. We'll have to do some uh, lobbying pretty soon. Maybe we can recruit on our weekend activities. I'll have to do that, yeah. Anyway, but next week we start seeing neutral field artificial turf games, so things change a little bit. If you have any questions or comments for us, which no one did last week, where should they email them to, Rebecca? Those questions or comments can be sent to us at bdmonin at nktelco.net via email, or you can submit them on Twitter to at Bruce Monin. Both are effective ways to communicate. And potentially, maybe we don't get comments because we keep shaming people for not sending us comments. So, <laughs> an idea. Oh, we, do such a good, so we do such a good job, there's nothing more that can be said. How about that? Let's go with that one. Yeah. All right. So, I want to thank Josh for being on with us. Always good to have some help come playoff time, Josh. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy it. And we will. We shall see all the rest of you again. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, of course. We are everywhere almost, except that Spotify place, right, Rebecca? <laughs> Correct. We'll work on that in the off season. But it, but as always, be sure to tune in again next week here on Bruce Bonin's Computer Club.